So if you have your Bibles, your electronic devices, I want you to, I'd like for you to turn with me to Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Uh, we're in this series called Thrive. We've been in this series for a number of weeks, and we've been walking through verse by verse through the book of Philippians, and we've been looking at this issue about what it means to thrive and not survive, and what it means to, to live life at a different level than just trying to get through it or just trying to survive, but how to thrive. And so this morning we come to a portion in Scripture where Paul begins talking about this issue or helping us with this issue of worry uh, to where, where worry, you know, we, we all have worry at some, some level, but worry can rob us of joy. Uh, you cannot be a joyful person when you're overcome or you're paralyzed by, by worry. And so if, you're gonna, if you worry and if you worry too much, then you're going to be stressed out. And so when you and I are stressed out, that we'll, we'll never be able to thrive. We'll never be able to live life the way in which we were designed to when we have worry in our, in our life because worry is one of those things. Well, worry will cause you and I just to be obsessed with ourselves, obsessed with our issues. Worry will keep you from connecting to, to other people. It'll keep, keep you from loving other people. Worry will keep you in it keep you from taking risks because you're just going to be worried what's going to happen and and maybe the outcome won't won't be uh the outcome that you would like for it to be and so worry can keep me and worry can keep you from becoming all that god has called us to be because you're, you're just not going to rest because of because of your worries fact is when you look at this issue of worry you realize that worry left unchecked uh worry left uncorrected in your life will erode your trust of god because worry at, at the core says this, that I, I cannot trust God with, with my future. And so when you look at worry, you realize, you know, every one of us struggle with worry at some level, right? I mean, every one of us struggle with worry at some level in our life. People handle worry differently. Uh, women tend to handle their worry by, by just trying to process and, they, and talking about it, typically. Uh, men typically handle their worry by internalizing it and trying to just develop action steps or a plan. But, but and, and there's some that just try to deny their worry. But the problem is this, or the, the, the thing is this, we all have worry at some level. And the problem is not so much your worry as much as what do you do with your worries? What do you, what do, you do with your anxiety and what do you do with, with, with your worries? Because a lot of times God uses our worry or the worries that we have to push us into him. In other words, to realize that, you know what, we need him because of the worries and because of the anxiety and because of the things that we carry. So Paul gives us four things this morning, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, and we're going to read all the way to verse 8. And then I'm just going to come back and I'm going to give you three, uh, four stress relievers or how not to be stressed out and how to handle your worries effectively. So here's what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. And the scripture says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Verse 6, don't worry. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He has done. Then, so in other, in other words, it's like a conditional promise. If you do these things, then this will happen. Then you will experience God's peace, which, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard, that word guard is very important, His peace will guard uh, your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure, lovely, admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Listen, let me tell you something. Worry left alone 
worry left unchecked in your life will cause you to be stressed out. And so I want to give you four stress relievers that Paul said uh, in these four verses about how to relieve stress and anxiety in our life, how to properly handle worries, because the problem is not your worries. The problem is this. The problem is what do you and I do with those worries? The first thing is this that Paul says when, you're, when coming to your worries is this. Don't worry about anything. Right? Just don't worry about anything. Aren't you glad you came this morning? That if you worry, I got an answer. Don't worry. No need to thank me. I'm a professional. I'm paid to come up with stuff like this. So just don't worry about anything. And so, so let's, let's remember, when we started this series, Paul is in jail. He's in a Roman jail. He's writing Philippians from jail. He's waiting to die. He's waiting to be executed by Nero. On top of that, there's a group of pastors that are like trashing his reputation on the outside. And they're gossiping about him. They're slandering him. And so Paul has all kinds of problems. And Paul has all kinds of issues. And Paul is the one from that Roman jail that wrote. And he says, you know what? Don't worry about anything. See, I think in life that we have this, we have this illusion or, or, or maybe a false belief, but we have this illusion and we have this idea that I have this set of problems. And if this set of problems goes away, I'm not going to worry about another thing. Right? The truth is, one day your problems will go away. But that's the way you die. That's the day you die. I know that's morbid, but you're going to be shocked about how little you care about anything on that day. It's a crazy thing about life. Problems come and go, but worries remain. Why is that? See, we develop a false idea. We develop an illusion and think, you know what? If I just care, if I just get this set of problems taken care of in my life, then I'll be home free. It's like I won't have any more worries. But it seems like worries remain. Listen, worries will kill. Worries will destroy your joy. Worries will create stress in your life because you'll expect the worst thing to happen in every situation. Here's an interesting thing about worry. Researchers recently did a study about anxiety and worry, and they, they realized or they, they found that worry and anxiety is often associated with intelligence. That people that are toned or that are prone to worry or ha have anxiety tend to be more intelligent people. So if you don't worry, <laughs> it may not be because you're spiritually mature. <laughs> we better move on, right? I don't even know how. I mean, you just may be a dumb bulb. How's that? So. We just may need to move on. <laughs> How many times, though, did our worry is associated with assuming responsibility for something that God never intended us to have? Worry sometimes is playing God. Worry is sometimes trying to control the uncontrollable. I mean, we, we know this. We, we've all worried enough to where we know worry is really worthless. I mean, wor worry cannot change the past. It cannot change or influence the future. It, it, it only, worry will only mess up today. It only mess up your life right now. 
Worry is like this incredible waste of energy. It's like stewing without doing. It's it worry. Worry rate will waste creativity in your life. And and I really think in in Philippians this is one of the hardest commandments to keep. When Paul says, "Don't worry about anything." I mean, there, there there's some people that are like born warriors, right? I mean, they they have this they have this ability to try to find the problem in every solution. They're always they're always thinking of the negative. They're always looking at the negative. They're always looking at the good, uh, the bad, or or the ugly. And, and Jesus said this about worry in, in Matthew chapter six verse thirty four. He says, "So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries." In other words, this problems come and go, but worries remain. Today's trouble is enough for, for today. In other words, what what Jesus would say is this. What Paul is saying is this. If you want to worry less, if you want to reduce the stress, if you don't want to be stressed out, then learn to live one day at a time. Learn to live in the moment. That's what Paul was writing in Philippians. I mean, Paul one day is going to be executed by Nero. He got that. He understood that. And Paul is the one that says, you know what, you want to reduce worry in your life? Learn to live one day at a time. Come to the place where you understand worry. Worry in itself is not bad. What is bad is what you do with it. It's what Paul's trying to help us understand. And so Paul says this. Paul says, don't worry about anything. And then he gives the alternative. And that's the second principle. Here's the alternative to worry that Paul would give. He says, pray about everything. In other words, what he's saying, don't worry about, every, but don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Listen, here's the interesting thing about the Scriptures. Here's the interesting thing about God. That whenever God tells you to eliminate something, it's because He always has something superior for you. In other words, God always replaces a negative with a, pro a positive. And you cannot, listen, you cannot free yourself from worry, trying to force yourself not to worry or by willpower. And so Paul makes this connection from, from worry to prayer, prayer to, to worry, and he makes this connection. And the, the best way to learn to handle worry properly, what Paul says is to learn to pray about everything. Listen, praying doesn't mean that you never worry. What it does says is this, is that when you have worries in life, you understand that you take them to God and you take them to God in prayer. Listen, your job is not to make worry go away in your life. Your job is when you have worry to take it to God. Your job is to handle worry in your life and for me to handle worry in my life properly. I mean, that's, that's what he's talking about here. Verse 6, he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God, I mean, this is so simple, it's so clear. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. I mean, when He tells you, pray pray about everything. Man, God is not only interested in, 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 in you praying about spiritual matters or religious matters. God is, listen, God is interested in everything in your life. God cares about everything in your life. And that's why He says, get specific, just tell God what you need. Just take those worries, use those worries, and take those worries and tell God specifically what you need in everything. I mean, this, this has great implications that sometimes I think, you know what, maybe we don't take this serious. Why is it sometimes we think God only cares about the religious stuff? God only cares about the spiritual stuff in my life. What if we truly understood that, guess what, God cares about everything. That thing that's bothering you right now, that thing that's weighing on you right now, God cares about that. I mean, we can have a constant, steady stream of thoughts in our mind, right? What will people think of me? Will they like me? Will they accept me? 
and, and, and out of that we have some worries i you know i i worry you'll like this message on worry i worry you'll i'll finish this message on worry on time and all of these issues and then when we pray we talk to god about the spiritual stuff like the only way that we could pray is like in king james or something like that and God only cares about this spiritual stuff. And so we have these worries and we have anxieties and we have problems. And so we come to him and we pray about world peace and people getting saved and people meeting Christ, the church expanding, uh, bless my family, bless, our, bless my life, and all of those other things. What if we truly understood? God cares about the everything in your life. Is it? I'm learning. I must not, or I must learn to pray what is in me, not what I wished was in me. Sometimes when we come to God, sometimes we come so spiritual. And maybe sometimes we try to be more spiritual than we really are, and like God doesn't know that. What if we understood what it meant just to come to Him just as we are? With all, where we were authentic and we were real. There's a story in the Bible about this. It's, um, it's the blind beggar in, in uh, Luke chapter 18. I think it's 35 through 43 is, is the reference. You can read it later. But Jesus is, is, is coming down the road, and there's this blind beggar on, on the side of the road. And this, this blind beggar actually has three prayer requests. The first two are spiritual. The, first, the next one's real. You see the difference in that. And so, so Jesus is coming down the road, and there's this blind beggar on, on the side of the road. And so this blind beggar, first prayer request, he screams out, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now, the re religious people of the day, they, they corrected the, the, the blind beggar, and they said, you, you can't refer to Jesus like that. Don't, don't say that to Jesus. You've got to get quiet. So the blind beggar said it even louder. He said, Son of David, have mercy on me. So the first two prayer requests were very, very spiritual. They were religious. And so this caught Jesus' attention. And Jesus goes over to the blind beggar, and he asks him an important statement. He looks at him. Uh, he, he, he bends down, and he, and he asks him a question, and he says, What do you want from me? What do you want me to, what do, you want me to do for you? And the blind beggar responded to him and said, I want to see. I need, I need vision. So when he got real, with your worry, you persist in worry until you get face to face with him. This man saw Jesus because he took his needs his worries to him. See, oftentimes we don't take our worries to him. We prefer just to kind of worry on. And life is hard, right? Listen, I know life's hard. I live it. And life is hard. Karen and I, we, 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 we like caribou coffee right now. And so, uh, so we, Karen was fixing caribou coffee uh, one morning, I, I noticed on, on the package that, that we had the coffee in, they, they have this slogan, and I like the slogan. The slogan is this, life is short, stay awake for it. <laughs> you know what? That's a good word. 
In other words, this, life is short. Stay awake for it. Life is short. How about this? Face the thing that is worrying you right now. Face the thing that's giving you anxiety right now. And the way that we face that is we're willing to take it to God because it's about the heart. In other words, this, come to the place in your life where you get honest with Him, you get real with Him, and you tell God what you need. Most people pray way too vague. God bless me, bless my family, God bless America, bless our church, bless my profession, bless my job. How about this? Tell God what you need. God, I have anxiety. God, I have some worries. God, I need you to heal my heart. God, there's some things going on in my relationship. There's some things going on in my... And it is totally unsettling to me. I wonder how many times when we're praying or we're having those five-minute prayers or we're having those vague prayers that God bless everything. And God is telling us, what do you need? What do you need me to do for you? Because, listen, what happens is, listen, if you don't take your worries to God, you know what you're going to do? You're going to dwell on them. And your worries get larger and larger and larger in your life. Listen, if you're going to overcome worry and anxiety, you have to be that person that is an everything in prayer person. The Phillips translations renders that verse this way. He says, when you pray, tell God every detail of your needs. Listen, if it's big enough for you to worry about, it is big enough for you to pray about. Take your problems to the Lord and pray about everything instead of worrying. In other words, unload them. The fact is, that's what God says. God's Word says, unload your worries on Him. 1 Peter 5, 7 says this. He said, give all your worries and cares to God, comma, I think it's important, for he cares about you. I wonder if sometimes the reason we don't take our worries to him is do we really wonder does he care about us? Does he really care about our needs? Because I believe this when we when we understand that he's a he's a good good father and he desires good for us, then it becomes easy or easier to take our needs, our fears, our worries, our hurts, our pains to him. Because he, we know he cares about us. So if you want to not be stressed out, if you want to reduce the stress in your life, you you don't worry about anything. You pray about everything. But the third thing is this. You thank God for all he has done. And all of a sudden, Paul starts kind of transitioning into this area of worship. I mean, really and truly what he's talking about, he's talking about prayer and worship. And now all of a sudden, Paul starts transitioning. Paul starts moving into this, this issue. Just just come to the place where you, where you thank God for, for, for all that he has done. Verse 6, he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything, tell God what you need, and thank Him for all that He has done. I mean, this is an attitude of gratitude. Listen, the healthiest human emotion 
is the is the attitude of gratitude it's this ability to have a grateful heart it's this ability to be thankful listen ungrateful people tend to be some of the most unhappy people i know it's like nothing ever satisfies them it's like nothing is ever good enough for them listen you know what philippians says you know what philippians tells you philippians tells us that the only person you and i cannot help is the person that is not grateful for the things that you're already doing for them. I mean, there's a lot, I would, I would consider it this way, I'd say it this way. There is a lot of when and then people out there. When this happens, then I'll be happy. And they never are. Man, if you're depressed right now, if you're struggling, if you're discouraged, you thank God for all that he has done for you. You make a list. You make, you make a grateful list. You make a list of, of, the, of 50 things that you can be grateful for and how you're blessed and what he's doing in your life and, and things that he's done in your life. In other words, you know what this does? This gets your eyes off, off, of, off of the problems in your life and on to the things that you can be grateful for and you can be thankful for. There is power in this. First Thessalonians 5.18, the scripture says this, be thankful in all circumstances and learn. Learn to be thankful, not for all circumstances, but in all circumstances. Learn to find, regardless of what you're walking through, regardless of what you're dealing with, find things that you can be thankful for. And then he goes on and says, oh, and guess what? I just need to let you know. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And you know, in other words, you know what the writer, you know what Paul's saying? Paul's saying this. Part of God's will for you is to be thankful. If you're struggling with God's will in your life, I can give you part of it for every one of us in this room. We just learn to be thankful. We learn to come to the place and we just thank Him for what He's done. Thank Him for those answered prayers. Thank Him for His provisions. Thank Him for the healthy relationships around you. Thank Him. And you'll be amazed at how it begins to change in your life. The fourth and the last thing, if you want to reduce stress in your life, if you want to come to that place to where you're able to handle worry in a, in a healthy way, in a, in, a, in a good way, is this. Think about the right things. In other words, understand the power of your mind. Understand that, that how powerful it is, the things that you and I think about, the things you and I dwell on. And, and so, listen, if you, want, if you want to change your life, you have to change the way you believe. You have to change the way you think because the way you, the, the way you think affects the way you feel, and the way you feel affects the way that you live. Listen, you know what James tells us about this issue of worry, anxiety, and stress? Stress is on the inside. Not on the outside. Yes, circumstances are on the outside. But you know what James tells us? It's on the it's stress. Stress and worry is on the inside. And the Bible would tell us that your mind is a great gift from God because God gives us free will and He gives us the ability to choose what we think about, choose what we dwell on. Verse 7 through 8, He says, Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard. That word guard, we're going to come back to it again, is so important in this text. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. 
fix your thoughts on what is true and what is honorable and, and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. In other words, you know what he's telling us? You, you need to learn. You need to learn to be able to take captive the thoughts that come into your mind. And if they don't line up with the cross, you've got to get rid of them. You need to come to the place to where you have this filter. You've got to come to the place where you understand that what you think about affects your mind. It affects your lives. Man, I see so many people that, that they allow just anything to come into their minds. No wonder they're under stress. They're totally indiscriminate about what comes into their mind or what they allow to enter their mind. And they allow all kinds of trashy garbage, whether it's website and blogs and reading material, talk radio, negative news, songs that are, that are real depressing and real downers. No wonder they're so depressed. Because the Bible teaches us what you really believe affects the way you think and the way you think affects the way you live. And when those thoughts come into your mind to be able to use this passage as a filter and say, are these thoughts true? And, and are they honorable? Are they right? Are they pure? Are they lovely? Because our mind is powerful. So let me ask you a question. What, what dominates your mind right now? What dominates your mind? What's dominating your mind right now? What do you think about the most? The root cause of worry, the root cause of stress is the way I choose to think or what I choose to think about. Listen, if you don't like the way your life is headed right now, then change the way you think. I mean, to change the direction of your life. Verse 7, again, he says, and then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You, you realize this is God's promise to us? God promises a, a peace of mind. I mean, when you, when you look at our culture, when you look at our world, it seems like people are trying to find peace in everything in life whether it's fads, whether it's therapy, whether it's rock crystals, whether it's, whether it's uh, listening to, to, uh, to, to podcasts, whether it's books or experiences or addiction or anything that can try to give them peace of mind. But you know what Paul says? Paul says this. Paul says God's gift to you is a peace of mind. It's just to have peace. And the question is, are you going to receive it? Because Paul would say this issue of peace of mind, it's a gift that cannot be explained. It has nothing to do with circumstances. It has nothing to do with the situations around you. It cannot be explained. It cannot be duplicated. It cannot be fabricated or even understood because it's a mystery. I mean, Paul writes and he says, in his peace, and listen, let me tell you something. This verse is probably the number one prayer I pray for people as a pastor. God, would you just protect their heart and mind in Christ Jesus? Paul says this. He says, in the peace of God, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. That word guard is just such an important word. It's a military term. It means a, a, a century of soldiers. It means a detachment. It means a garrison. It means, it means, it means a detachment of soldiers that, that protect. And so picture this. Paul's in prison. 
He's writing this letter. He's writing this letter back to the local churches. And he's coming to this place of stress and worry and anxiety. And he's talking about God's peace. And God's peace will guard your hearts and mind. And he, 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 wants to, he wants to communicate that. And he's chained to a guard 24 hours a day. He is in a jail where nothing can come in and nothing can come out because it's protected. It's protected by soldiers. And Paul says, that's it. That's how I can explain it. That God's peace will guard your heart and mind where nothing can come in and nothing can come out. Oh, and guess what? When worry and stress and anxiety comes knocking at your heart, comes knocking at your mind, God will detach his garrison, his sentry, a detachment of, of soldiers to protect your heart and mind. In other words, he says, instead of this issue of worry, man, because worry can push us into the presence of God. In fact, his worry should push us into the presence of God. Worry helps us to understand that we need Him. That we cannot do this on our own. And that's why He says, think about these things. Think about these things that are excellent and, and worthy of praise. Listen, let me tell you something. If you want to learn how to worry less, if you want to learn how to properly handle your worries and anxieties, then learn to worship. Worship is a weapon against these things. Deuteronomy 6.5 says this. It says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. In other words, it's just not emotion and it's just not knowledge but it's strength. Listen. Biblical worship produces obedience in your life. Worship without obedience is just emotion. Worship, what, what Deuteronomy says, worship should produce obedience in your life. And when you come into the presence of God and you get, you get the focus off of yourself and what you're going through and you attend to the presence of God, something happens in your life. See, worship, it's more than an emotion. It's part of it. It's more than knowledge. It's part of it. Worship should produce obedience. Worship should change. When you come into His presence, it should change the way you think. It should change the way you believe. Because you've come into worship and you've come into His presence. See, worship, regardless of what you're walking through, you're making a declaration to your heart. that in spite of my circumstances, in spite of my situations, I'm going to be like Job, who was going through some crummy stuff. And he knew God had the power to change it and God had the power to take it away. And whatever reason, God chose not to. And Job says, regardless of that, I'm still going to lift my hands 
and I'm going to worship you. I'm telling you this issue about worship is so important for us to grab in this area of anxiety and worry. That's why 1 Peter 5, 7, the Scripture says, Give all of your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. And it's in worship that you realize when you come into His presence that He cares about you. I, I cannot tell you the amount or the pile of worry that I have left in this worship center. In His presence. In His presence. And it changed the way I believe. It changed the way I thought about my situation. And I understood that He cares for me. When we understand this, and we understand how to properly handle our worry, we can thrive. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? Let me ask you with your heads bowed and eyes closed, what is, what is God saying to you? What is God saying to you as a result of His Word? What is He saying to you as a result of His of this sermon? Maybe you've never come to the place where you've just accepted Him and ask Him to come into your life and forgive you of your sins and give you the gift of eternal life. Just start a relationship with Him. This would be a great morning for you to do that. Maybe you're a believer. Let me just ask you, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, just you and the Lord. Let's cut through all the spiritual religious stuff for a moment. What has you worried? What has you worried that if you have the conversation that you need to have? What dominates your mind? If you want the peace of God to protect your heart and mind, then you learn to worship Him and you learn to bring your worries to Him. And you have those conversations with Him. So what has you worried this morning? At some level, we all have worries. We all bring stuff into here. Is it finances? Is it your health? Is it your marriage? Is it your children? Is it a dating relationship? Is it your, your career? Is it the economy? What makes you anxious? When you think about this, what, what levels, what raises the stress level in your life? Let me ask you this, how do you, how do you normally handle stress? And has that been healthy for you? How about this? Learn to handle your worries in a healthy way and bring them to Him. So would you just tell Him? This is what I need. This is what I need. This is what I need you to do in my life. And would you persist in that until you come face to face with Him? Maybe this morning, maybe say, you know what? I, I need someone to pray for me. I just, I just need someone to add their faith to my faith. I just need someone just to speak truth into my life and encourage me and comfort me and support me. There's power in that.
So if you need prayer in any area of your life in just a few moments, I'm going to pray and we're going to stand. And when we stand, if you have a burden, if you need prayer and you don't need to be embarrassed by that, every one of us needs prayer. Then if that's you and you need prayer, then after I pray in just a few moments, when we stand, would you just step out begin making your way down to the front? You don't have to walk along. You won't be the only one responding. People will be walking with you. This is just a safe place. And would you just mark this and allow someone to encourage you, comfort you, support you, and pray for you. So after I pray and we stand, you come if you need prayer. Father, we thank you. Father, we just thank you for your love. And Father, we thank you for your grace. And Father, I just... Father, we just declare today that you care for us. And that because of, us, because of that, we can bring our worries and we can bring our cares to you. And so, Father, I just pray that there would be a pile of worry and anxiety left in this room at your feet, in your presence. And then, Father, would we, would we walk out with just peace of mind? a peace that guards our heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Father, would people just respond to you in prayer? Would burdens be lifted? Would prayers be answered? Would they know that they came into your presence and they met with you? And because of that, they've been changed. So, Father, we just look forward to see what you're going to do, for we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.